When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 103 of the Burden of Command podcast. I'm your host, Earl Breon. Today's guest is Amy Lynn Durham, and she comes to us from our friends over at Speak On Podcast. Now, Amy is the CEO of Create Magic at Work, and she is a UC Berkeley certified executive coach. She's also certified to coach in the 21 skills associated with the spiritual intelligence that is SQ, using the SQ-21 assessment and an, and an emotional intelligence practitioner, EQ. Amy has spent years in the corporate world successfully managing hundreds of employees for private and publicly traded companies. Her company, Create Magic at Work's intention is to offer spiritual intelligence, SQ, and emotional intelligence, EQ, tools to energize and transform the workplace. As an expert in building positive company cultures, Amy designed Create Magic at Work to bring a variety of services and strategies to aid in cultivating teamwork and harmony in order to improve profits and employee morale. Now, this was a really interesting conversation. I love the angle that Amy takes here on on leadership and spirituality and inviting that into the workplace and making good use of it. But... Nobody can explain it quite as well as she does, so I'm going to get out of your way here and let you get into this mighty fine episode with Amy Lynn Durham of Create Magic at Work. All right, listeners, thanks for joining us uh, in this episode of the Burden of Command podcast. And Amy, thank you for being a guest. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited about this conversation because we're talking about some things that... uh, I don't think a lot of people are really talking about in the workplace, but probably really should be. Um, so with that in mind, I'm really curious to hear your answer to the question I start everybody else out with. What does the phrase burden of command mean to you? So I was thinking about this quite a bit because I struggle with the word burden. And it brought me back. I just, a a story flashed in my mind of when I was a leader, um, an executive leader in the corporate workspace. And I felt like I had to take everything on myself in order to help my employees thrive and how it contributed to my feelings of isolation and loneliness. And what I would like to share is, or offer maybe as if we could reframe it and maybe think maybe it's not a burden if we connect with each other, which is what we're going to talk about today, right? Yeah. (laughs) The more we connect with, with each other and get out of isolation, the less lonely we'll feel. And so maybe we can flip that burden on its, uh, on its heels or flip it around and, and maybe it won't be a burden anymore if we, if we connect with each other in the workplace in a positive way. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little different, but I thought I would share that. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I like it. I mean, because it's true, right? I mean, I think that's the one thing that, that some of the really great leaders that people look up to in history really understood is, while yeah, there is some burden as points to leadership, it, it's the same thing with any task in life, right? Is is what is the old saying? Um, any task divided by two is half as much. And that's what we're talking about here, right? Making those connections. Yes, even though it, quote, is a burden or mm-hmm. can be a burden, if you have more mm-hmm. people helping you, it's not as much. And because a burden went over this in a couple podcasts ago. Somebody brought up the meaning of words, right? Of all a burden by definition is, is a heavy load. Mm-hmm. Well, like you just said, if you're making these connections, it's not quite as heavy when you have people helping you out. So I love that answer. I really do. Yeah. And how do you carry it? How do you carry that load? How do you balance it? Do you take it all on your back? Like you just said, can you distribute it? There's a really beautiful poem from Mary Oliver. I don't have it memorized, but it's called Heavy. And it's like, how do you manage what you're carrying? And what would happen if you just put it down Mm. and let go of it? Um, It just made me think of that. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I'll have to look that up. But but you bring up a really good point there, right? Is, Is... putting it down, right? I think that's one thing that people struggle with uh, a lot these days is taking on more and more, but being reluctant to put things down. So how, you know, how, how do we get people being a little bit more comfortable with saying, Hey, I do need to set this down so I can pick something else up that needs my attention. Hmm. Well, I think there's a, that, that's a really loaded question. <laughs> a lot of answers there. But what you have me thinking about, there was an article that came out a few weeks ago that I think it was from Thrive Global, and it was talking about the difference between empathy, being an empathetic leader, and being a compassionate leader. And it was really, really great because it talked about how, and empathy and compassion are kicked around these words and what they mean quite a bit. So define it however you want. But what I thought was really great about this was you want to be a compassionate leader, meaning you can put yourself in someone else's shoes and understand where they're coming from. But you don't want to be an empathetic leader to where you take everything on yourself. So as an example, the leader that tries to prove that they are on their team's side so much that they they want to make sure they have weekends off and they're not overworked, but then all of a sudden that leader's working on the weekend and taking on all the work. That to me is not smart leadership. You're burning yourself out and sacrificing yourself for your team. Maybe you want to be, there was a story about a leader that went around and just asked what was going on with each individual on the team. You know, they didn't offer to take on their work, (laughs) But they heard and listened to them and then understood where they were coming from and then went back to the sound judgment decisions they could make as a leader. So compassionate leadership is where it's at, (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I love that because it's something you have talked about here on here before. Uh, I had a gentleman um, many episodes ago uh, named Mark Deluzio, who is an expert in, in lean and like he 
actually was uh, taught by uh, the the masters uh, at Toyota about the Toyota production system. And that's that's one of the things you're talking about there in a way in what it made me think of is this idea of, of Kaizen, continual improvement. It's not always about doing the same work the same way and somebody else suffering. Sometimes it's about listening, figuring out how can you streamline those processes to make it better for everybody? So nobody has to suffer if you can streamline it in the right way, right? I love that. Yeah, streamlining systems, keeping yourself in that sound judgment space instead of taking on other people's work um, to solve the problem. Absolutely. That's where we want to be in leadership, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, I love it. Well, and and so that's a good segue here because, you know, a lot of people are talking about emotional intelligence, EQ Uh these days. And you you talk a lot about something called SQ. What exactly is SQ? Yes. So you get to SQ, spiritual intelligence, by way of EQ. Okay. And... Emotional intelligence is great, and if you've explored that space a little bit, whether you know the term or not, usually around your early 20s, um, early to mid-20s in in the adult development theory is when your brain can really start exercising compassion and working on emotional intelligence. That's where I say you're creating some self-awareness of your emotions you have an emotional management strategy, you recognize maybe when you're being triggered um, and you have a strategy for when that happens and then you're able to make connections with others. You're able to build a bridge, if you will. Once as a leader, you've explored that space and you feel pretty good about it, SQ is sort of the top of the pyramid. So um, Cindy Wigglesworth designed SQ21 It's 21 skills that you can work on for spiritual intelligence. And she has a pyramid that she shares almost similar to Maslow's hierarchy. The bottom of the pyramid is PQ, physical intelligence. The next part of the pyramid is IQ. Then there's EQ. And then the top of the pyramid is SQ. So (laughs) you could go through that whole pyramid in one day, really, I like to say, because, um, Let's say you are, you didn't get any sleep and you didn't eat all day. Your PQ is going to be way off that foundation of the pyramid. And so there's not going to be much of a way that you can maybe access your EQ and your SQ in a proper way, right? Right. Um, so SQ, the way that Cindy Wigglesworth defines it is the ability to maintain inner and outer peace regardless of the situation. That's the definition of spiritual intelligence. It's a faith-neutral practice. You can be agnostic. You can be atheist. As long as you believe there is a place that resides within you that comes from wisdom and compassion and love, which I like to call your higher self, you can dive into SQ. Also with SQ, <laughs> yeah. another another definition to help you kind of wrap your brain around it. It's the ability to put your day-to-day concerns aside and sort of operate from a bigger picture view. 
from a, a place of higher motivation, if you will. Mm. And I was super thrilled when I discovered SQ21 because I was working in the spiritual intelligence space for quite some time. And I'm a planner. I, I do like this assessment. <laughs> I like things grounded down and I like tangible things. And um, Cindy developed this uh, 21 skills assessment that sort of gives you something tangible to work on. It's really cool. And I'm super excited about it. <laughs> I'm excited about sharing it. So yeah, no, I, I love it. And, and but you said something there that I think is abundantly important to for, for us to unpack a little bit here, because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are kind of unfamiliar with, really with what spirituality means, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I have I have several friends who are Wiccan. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that's something that that I had to learn, you know, from them is listen to them to talk about, you know, their faith and, and uh, how they view spirituality. And it's not always, you know, like you said, it's not always Christianity. It's not always Hindu. It's not always, you know, these recognized religions. Spirituality has a much deeper meaning, right? Very much so. And you'll find in a lot of the religions, they all have these universal truths that they point to mm-hmm. with a lot of their practices. So the goal of SQ, I, this is specifically designed for the workplace. And so that's why it's faith neutral. There's there's a glossary of terms to keep everything defined for you. And it's meant um, to spread across all religious faiths. Well, and that's good too, right? Because I mean, I, I think that's another thing that a lot of organizations are struggling with right now is is a, a lot more awareness of having not only different races, different gender identities, different sexes working in their organizations, but those different uh, spiritual needs of people. Uh, and it sounds like this is a great tool for, for leaders to use, especially in a modern workplace, to help to come to grips with those needs a little bit better. Is that fair? This is definitely one of the unique sets of leadership development skills that you can utilize. If you are a leader that isn't afraid of inner work, um, this is for you. <laughs> because what? So what I like to say is, Okay, so I wrote a book called Create Magic at Work, and it's super fun, and it has all these little activities in it that connect people in the workplace that help you access your higher self and help you skill build on EQ and SQ. So that's the fun piece, right, that the leader, a leader can take and utilize in the workplace and connect everyone, and it's great. Now SQ21 comes in, and that's the deep inner work you need to do within yourself. I reference quite a bit. I've seen organizations where, you know, leaders say, hey, we need to change our company culture and come in and change it. Well, have you done any of the inner work as a leader yourself? (laughs) I would, you know, I would ask because that creates the biggest ripple effect is when you take a look in the mirror, you work on these skills, for example, making compassionate and wise decisions. Can you be a wise and effective change agent? Can you be a wise and effective teacher? Can you be a calm and healing presence? Are you aware of the interconnectedness of all of life? Are you aware that there's other worldviews besides your own? Talking about how workplaces are trying to be more inclusive, right? Right. 
all of those have foundations in SQ, being able to operate from your higher self and make decisions from a place of higher wisdom and higher motivations. So what happens when you work on that as a leader, you create this ripple effect in your organization because the people that work for you see you behaving in this way. They start behaving that way. And then it just ripples out. And guess what happens? You have an organization with less ego-induced drama, more profitability, more productivity, and people that are less stressed and work hard. And, and what organization <laughs> doesn't want that, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you know, I mean, that's the thing is, is this, so this sounds great, mm-hmm. but how, <laughs> what is a good way for people to like kind of get started down that path? Like how can leaders become more emotionally intelligent and then how can they start working on becoming more spiritually intelligent? So the answer to that is start, <laughs> start somewhere, right? Um, you just have to start. And a lot of leaders today are men in the workplace in mm-hmm. high positions. That's just a data fact, right? Right. And men are conditioned, unfortunately, to not show vulnerability. I think they, the systems that we've been in have conditioned men that have conditioned men in a way that when they show vulnerability, they think it shows weakness, which is not the case. So I say, just start, have the courage as a leader to try this. You're probably really comfortable looking at financial data on a spreadsheet and talking about it for hours in a meeting, (laughs) but you're probably not as, I'm just saying you in general, I'm not saying you Earl. (laughs) No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm I'm nodding (laughs) along with everything you're saying because I I love it. I, I love where you're going with this. But you're probably not comfortable maybe sharing what you're grateful for for the week or maybe sharing what you would like to release from your life for the month or from the workplace in the month and doing a little ritual with your employees on that. That's one of my um, intention setting rituals. Write down a goal you want to bring into your life within the next month. Um, I recommend working with the phases of the moon if you're into that and writing it down and then each employee lights it on fire in front of each other. So just try something, try something fun. I have a ton of ideas in my book. One that I thought I didn't even want to put in there because we were talking, I think even before we started the show about um, beer after work or like the team build, (laughs) the (laughs) team build stuff. Yeah. And I, I say, yeah, beer after work is not a team build. What I mean by that is if you're going to get everyone together, obviously post COVID when everybody's back to hanging out and use your expense budget on cocktails at a restaurant or food or whatever, do something to make it meaningful, make it impactful. So you get that return on your investment and yeah, it's just hanging out, but maybe ask each person to bring their favorite quote or a favorite passage and share with the group, go around and why that's important to them. What you're doing there is you're connecting everybody. You're pulling them out of isolation. You're letting each person be viewed as a human being and what touches them and what matters to to them. And then everyone sees the humanity in each other. So when you're working on a project, you're more apt to help each other 
instead of isolating each other and being competitive to a point where it hurts the organization from collaborating. Something that simple. I took it that deep, right? Yeah. Well, no. I, I, again, I love it because, you know, um, <laughs> when I go into an organization, you know, there, there's a couple of things that I like to, uh, I like to observe. Uh, one is kind of what you were saying, like what happens for, for me, this is how I look at it. What happens at lunchtime? Do, do mm. people grab their lunch and just go back okay. to their little cubicle and, and eat there? Or if there is a lunchroom, are the same people talking to the same people day in and day out? What is the leader doing uh, during that lunch uh, time to foster discussion, to, to get people together? Uh, you know, I'm from the South. We call it fellowship. What, mm-hmm. what is the leader doing to, to get people to fellowship? Uh, you know, I've, I think I've shared a story on the podcast before, but I was with an organization and I uh, was there for a while and I'd watch somebody, somebody would take lunch orders and they'd come back and, you know, they'd bring them into the conference room or whatever and set everything out and people would grab them and just scatter. I was like, why don't y'all just stay, you're here, you've got a table, why don't you just stay here and like talk to each other while you eat and get to know one another? And it was like, poof this novel idea I just dropped on their heads, right? But it's mm-hmm. valuable. Getting to know the people you work with is extremely valuable, right? Oh, my gosh. So valuable. You were just reminding me, I think a long time ago, I saw Simon Sinek, a video of him saying, you know, one of the most valuable things is like the 10 minutes before a meeting starts where it's like, hey, how's your dad doing? Yeah. How, how's everything going? That That type of connection adds to your productivity and profitability beyond because – what you can't see on a financial statement that you should start measuring if you don't with, with your key performance indicators is how long are my employees staying with me? Mm-hmm. Um, are they actually working when they're at work? <laughs> yeah. Or are they disengaged? Is everyone leaving because they don't feel connected? Pre-COVID, uh, there was a research article that came out from Harvard Business Review that was titled The Loneliest Workers in America. And they suggested that work people in the workplace were burnt, were feeling burnt out, not because of their workload, but because they were feeling lonely and isolated. They equated the healthcare costs of feeling lonely and isolated to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Mm. So if you take that to the workplace, in healthcare costs, missed time, disengaged employees, people being absent, etc. It's a big hit to your bottom line. And all I'm asking you to do is make a connection and be a little bit vulnerable. And it's actually fun. You know, if you feel, if you feel like it will feel a little scary if you've never done something like that before. But even if everyone laughs, if you have a team that's super isolated and they get nervous and they laugh a little bit at what you're doing, great. Laughter is a stress reducer. You did your job as a leader. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and I love your story about the lunchtime, how no one was connecting. As a leader, that is a huge thing that you need to notice and do something about because innovation, creativity, inspiration – all of those things can spring forth from individuals sitting around chatting at lunch for your yep. organization. And so fun activities during that time to recommend 
you know, come up with some fun stuff. I have a, I have a deck, a journal prompt card deck that has, I created for the workplace and each card has an affirmation and then ask questions. Um, like one says innovation. What, what ideas can I share that will render real world results? What ideas for progress have I, I've been overlooking? And you could come up with a couple of questions for fun that everyone can answer for each other at lunch and they can be conversation starters. Um, that's just one idea I thought I'd throw out there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. And, and so those cards, are they on your website or? They are. I, they're super fun. It, um, I do a weekly workplace message on LinkedIn for everyone. Okay. So every week I shuffle the deck and I pull a message from the universe that for the workplace that's meant for anyone that watches it. It's meant for you. And every week uh, we launch the weekly workplace message from my journal prompt card deck. This week's message while we're talking was rest. <laughs> mm. And so I was like, yes, we got rest because that is one thing that we need to give our, ourselves permission to do is rest. Mm. And I was excited to share that on LinkedIn of all places, right? So. Well, yeah. Well, you talk about the uh, you know message from the universe type thing, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it, this is super timely because uh, you know uh, just two days ago I got my first uh, uh, Pfizer uh, COVID vaccine uh, shot, and the lady told me uh, the pharmacist she said you know one of the side effects could be you know sluggishness and and tiredness, and you know I'm somebody I get up at you know usually four four thirty in the morning. Uh, work on a bunch of stuff and then work through, on stuff throughout the day. And, you know, I just, I couldn't, I mean, like I just could not get going. And I had to, like you just said, I had to give myself permission to go take a nap. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and it's amazing. Something like that, like you, you just mentioned rest is something we all know we need, but when you, we equate productivity to how long you are working versus what you accomplish while you're working. Rest seems out of the picture, right? And giving ourselves permission to rest is huge because we are, we have been placed in systems that have created feelings of guilt when we do rest and reframing to ourselves that rest is productive. Yep. I was just having a conversation yesterday with a client and we were talking about, you cannot have back-to-back -back Zoom meetings as your workday as a leader. Mm. There is no space for silence in that moment and in that day. And if you don't have space for quiet, you will never have innovation, inspiration, and creativity. You will just be a robot working on tasks. Yeah. And you'll end up feeling really tired. The, but we have to help each other. We have to break that, that ingrained feeling of guilt. I have a hard time with it myself. And we have to give each other permission to yeah. and celebrate it. No, I, I agree. And, you know, and I'll tell you, like, you know, when I first started this podcast, it was one of the traps I kind of fell into to get it up and running. I was scheduling like two or three interviews uh, a day at times. And just the the sheer, you know, I mean, obviously it's not physically uh, exhausting, 
but just the sheer mental uh, exercise of you know keeping each guest straight, uh, keeping their book straight, their messaging straight, and and having the conversation and asking the, the you know questions to keep the conversation flowing. Yeah, I'm sitting, you know, on my rear end most of the time. And, you know, sometimes I'd elevate the mic and stand up and, and chat. But, you know, I was like, oh, my <laughs> goodness, did I just run a marathon? What happened? And we underestimate that that mental exhaustion piece. Like, I would say grossly underestimate how exhausted we can be just from social interactions. Even if you're like me, an introvert, even mm-hmm. I can have too much, right? <laughs> The mental exhaustion is way worse to me than physical exhaustion. (laughs) I mean, it can be really taxing on you and it can help. It can, I can speak for myself, but I'm sure this is more than me. It, it aids in helping you feel in a negative way, disconnected from your higher self. If you're mentally exhausted, you're not operating from a space of wisdom and compassion and love, your ego kind of rears up a little bit more and you behave in a way that does not align with who you really want to be when you become mentally exhausted. And we don't want to work for leaders that are mentally exhausted. We want to work for leaders that are well-rested and can make really great decisions from their higher self and from a place of wisdom, compassion, and love. So back to, (laughs) we are kind of getting into that burnout conversation. I wish there was a day that we don't have, you know, burnout survivors. I would prefer that to just go away and that we understand the healthcare costs and the leadership costs from that. And I think we're, there's some awareness coming around that and we're getting there. But to your point, you know, taking it a step further, that mental exhaustion from maybe scheduling a ton of podcasts you can't bring your best self to the table when you're interacting with someone. And we all do it. You know, it's not like to beat yourself up over that either. It's to continue to recognize, repair, and recover. We're human. We're going to make mistakes. It's going to be even worse if you feel guilty that you didn't rest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, okay, that's the EQ part, right? Self-awareness recognize, repair, recover. Next time I'm going to do better. Next time I'm going to put my hand up and say, no, my rest is more important because I can come, I can operate from a place of my higher self more when I eat right, exercise, and I'm well rested. And I bet you, if you presented that to someone as who do you want to work for? Person A, who runs themselves into the ground and works all night and brags about it, or person B, who takes really good care of themselves and makes sound judgment decisions. I don't know about you, but I'm going to pick person B. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, all day, every day. And, yeah. uh, you know, listeners, again, uh, we're talking with Amy Lynn Durham, uh, author of Create Magic at Work, Practical Tools to Ignite Human Connection. Um I definitely suggest picking up a copy of the book and going through some of these exercises with your team. Uh, because yeah, the, you, you all have heard me say this on this podcast before, and I knew, I know some of you are like, Oh, here it comes. But leadership is just another relationship. And it's what we're talking about here is building relationships, uh, sharing that burden, making those connections 
and you know preventing burnout. Uh, I like Amy's approach. To this is is keep it fun, keep it connected, and uh, don't be afraid to to build those relationships. Now, doing my research for this podcast, uh, I stumbled upon uh, a term used in relationship with you a couple times. Uh, corporate mystic. <laughs> what is a corporate mystic? <laughs> well, that ties into the spiritual intelligence piece, right? But if you really want me to tell you the real deal where the where the name came from, I worked in the corporate space for quite some time as an executive leader, and I was in, I was starting to incorporate all of these different modalities with my employees into the workplace. I made a decision that I was going to leave my corporate job and I planned it for a year and I planned how I was going to leave my employees, how I wanted to leave in a number one position because I wanted to prove that collaboration over competition works. And I basically used the final year to really do, I don't think the company knows as I was doing it, <laughs> but I used this final year to do these field tested activities to prove that connecting individuals and elevating skill sets like EQ and SQ actually win and improve productivity and profitability. So everyone at work, I would do lots of different things in the workplace that was faith neutral. Um, we would do intention setting. We would close our eyes and pull an affirmation card out of a bowl that was just a message meant for you. And it people would get goosebumps like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just got that. Um, we would <laughs> a lot of the other activities that I mentioned earlier in the show. So a lot of people started calling me Mystic Mama <laughs> <laughs> in the corporate space. And I'll take it, right? But then I take it a step further corporate mystic, if you look at the signs of the Zodiac, I'm a Capricorn sun, and that is a very corporate type personality, um, hard work, dedication. So I was sort of corporate Amy at work. And then I was the mystic at home. I'm a Pisces moon. That's kind of who you are at home. It's like the, the deep psychic abilities. The I was really working on um, growing in my spirituality my awareness of the interconnectedness of all of life, different things like that. So I was incorporating these activities into the workplace from kind of what I was doing at home. And I was splitting myself, really. And when I ended up leaving my job, I attended the UC Berkeley Executive Coaching Institute. And on my final exam, the CEO stopped me in the middle of my final exam and he just looked at me and he said, we want you to be your full self no matter what room you walk in. Mm. And that really changed for me. I'm going to get choked up about it. And no, so it's... I'm like corporate Amy um, in the workspace, mystic Amy at home. We combined them to bring uh, SQ to everyone. I, so there you go. <laughs> Long yeah. story for that, right? <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, that's good. And what I love about you, you know, you sharing that story is, is, you know, I mean, I, again, that, that shows the power uh, of some well-placed guidance in somebody's life because, 
Do you think, in retrospect, that you would have gotten there without that piece of advice, or at least gotten there anywhere near as quickly? This is so interesting that we're talking about this because it goes back to the giving permission. I think sometimes people are just looking for permission that it's okay. You know, even myself, who was a leader and thought I was so great at the time, my (laughs) ego, right? Someone had to give me permission that it's okay to be myself everywhere. And what else is interesting is as an executive coach, the clients that you attract sometimes are working on issues that are a mirror reflecting on on you. And when I, you know, was doing my executive coaching, the clients that would come to me, workplace issues, oh, I have this meeting coming up, I need, you know, etc. let's role play my conversation with this boss, whatever it is, right. But then deep down, in the middle of these sessions, it would start pivoting to, gosh, what is really my life purpose? And how can I be my full authentic self in any room I walk into in any space? That's what everyone's craving in life. And I was attracting those individuals because I had just been through that and I was working on it myself. And it was really cool. It was really beautiful. But what I discovered through all of that is, and actually through this conversation right now today, is we're looking for permission to be ourselves. We don't have to get it from the external. We can give it to ourselves. It's a little bit harder, but try. Yeah, but well, I mean, it, as it you said, I'm sorry, I, I was just thinking, as you said, like having a person help you with that. Oh, my gosh, that's so crucial. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's I mean, yeah, it's it's happened to me uh, on several occasions. You know, I'm, I'm uh, and, and I think that's why I like this spirituality conversation, because it's kind of how I always describe myself. I'm not very religious, like when you look at like organized religion. But I do consider myself fairly spiritual, meaning I do believe in a higher being and all those things. And I also believe that, that things work out the way they're supposed to work out for a reason. And that's kind of what got me down this path is, is the, very first, uh, the very first kind of coaching I got into was in uh, what I call my day job. And they put together a coaching program. And um, I got selected to be somebody's coach. Uh, and or talking to them and keep in mind, I was doing this kind of as part of my, my day. This person's like, you know, you're really good at this. Have you ever thought about doing this as your profession? And I was like, yeah, no, not until now. Thank you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that kind of put me on that road there. Cause I would have never dreamt of doing something like that. Um, but you know, I mean, I think that's a, an important thing for people to, to open themselves up to, like you said, give yourself permission but when you get those pieces, those kind of pearls of wisdom and people are kind of poking you in a direction, there's usually a reason why you get that message when you get that message, right? Definitely. And and just to add the magic piece to that, stay open to signs, symbols, and synchronicities. Because you'll, you'll be guided on your life path and if you make a choice that maybe was someone else's decision that you didn't really want, but maybe it's like your, what your parents want you to do or what you think the world defines as success, sometimes you're going to go down the path that wasn't meant for you. And what happens when, when that occurs is sometimes you'll get tapped on the shoulder. <laughs> I mm. like to say you'll get tapped on the shoulder by the universe. 
like, hey, you you need to turn around here. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you don't listen, I, I just saw a quote the other day about physical fitness and your body, but it was something to the same thing that I always say, you'll get tapped on the shoulder. If you don't listen to the to the tap or the whisper, you're going to get screamed at. So, you know, if you don't hear when the universe whispers, it's going to scream and it's, and that's fine too. You'll just go through some learning lessons. (laughs) I've been there myself, but it's really nice when you try to tap into your intuition and stay in the flow of what your true life purpose is. And there's a reason why when that gentleman, when that person said that to you, it resonated with you and you went in that direction. Those are the little I don't quote unquote angels in our lives that are there to point things out to us. So don't miss the signs. Don't miss the symbols. Don't miss the synchronicities. I was in my office and I decided to leave my corporate executive job and not have a salary. Mm. And, you know, my family is like, what the heck is she doing? (laughs) (laughs) And I leave to uh, go to a quick lunch. I go to a store next to the, you know, lunch I was at. And there's a magnet that says leap and the net will appear just shooting out at me. Mm. And, and I grabbed it and I bought it and I still have it on my refrigerator to this day. And it hasn't been all, you know, puppy dogs and ice cream (laughs) or roses and daisies as a starting out on my own. But I know I'm in alignment with who I want to be. And I think that's where we find peace. Yeah, no, I love that. And, 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 I'll go ahead and apologize to the universe now because, you know, I'm, I'm a Taurus. So sometimes I need to be yelled at and sometimes I need something to smack me upside the head with a two before before I can get it. Uh, so I, I know I've missed a bunch of subtle messages. Uh, so, you know, yeah. I, uh, I love that. Me too. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I've had quite a few smacks. Yeah. No, I, I, I love it. I love it. Now, there was something else before we... Uh, 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 before we get out of here, I really want to ask about, because I, I stumbled on this on one of the other podcasts uh, that you'd been on. I was listening to uh, the Culture of Things podcast, and mm-hmm. uh, you were talking about uh, appreciation anchors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what are appreciation anchors? Oh, I love that. So it's part of EQ and having an emotional man- management strategy. You plan ahead. So you recognize when you're becoming triggered and you have an appreciation anchor ready that you can hold or look at that brings gratitude or appreciation in your life because the brain can't experience anxiety and gratitude at the same time. So what it does with your brain is it pushes back on your negativity bias that we all have. I use crystals and I sell little appreciation anchors on my website. And they're just a symbol. They have energetic meanings behind them that you can hold on to. And if you're feeling, okay, so let's say I was nervous before doing a podcast interview. I have a crystal that I'll hold in my hand that I believe takes away my nervousness and helps me show up and serve. And so I'll hold that while I'm talking. Um, I have some executive leaders that keep a crystal in their pocket before they go public speaking. And it has a specific energetic meaning behind it. But you don't have to use crystals. You can use anything that brings you appreciation and gratitude and have it readily available to you. So when you are feeling triggered, 
you can go to that appreciation anchor and it's part of your emotional management strategy in the Mm. workplace. So I did a group coaching session with some USC uh, pharmacy employees when COVID had hit and they were really burned out. And we just did a brainstorming session on how they could write their own self-care prescription and what they could use for their appreciation anchors. And they came up with some really cool things like, you know, a picture of my daughter. Can I just think of a, of a memory where someone, someone did something beautiful to me? Absolutely. Write it down, journal it, read that passage in your journal. Just have something accessible to you. A little token, a little trinket is what I recommend that you can go to and hold to push back on that negativity bias. No, I, yeah, I like that. That's a, you know, I, I never really thought of it that way. Uh, but I've got, uh, mine is, I have on my keychain is that my wife bought me, goodness, probably close to 20 years ago. It's a little medallion. It's got the the Marine Corps logo on one side, and the other side is uh, is uh, Saint Michael. And uh, you know, whenever I'm in a situation like that, that's the first thing I do. I put my hand in my pocket and I, I rub that coin. And uh, you know, now Saint Michael doesn't have a face. I've had it for so long. I've rubbed it so much, but mm-hmm. yeah, just hearing you talk about that, I was sitting there thinking like. What would happen if I lost that thing? I I, I don't know. Like I I would be lost. Uh, it, it's become that much of an important anchor to me. Um, so yeah, no, that that's a cool little tip. I I, I like that. I like that idea of, of something that you know kind of grounds you, like you said. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a beautiful story about that. That you use. That's a great one. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like I said, I never even thought about it until we were talking, but that's exactly you know, the way you described it is exactly what that thing does is, is, you know, that's, that's, it kind of connects me to, you know, my past as a Marine. It connects me to my wife and uh, yeah, whatever it is, it, it brings me a little bit of peace and calm. So that's, that's my anchor, I guess. And And there's real science behind that, you know? So yeah. it, it's, it's calming your brain. It's, it's opening up more possibilities in your neocortex of, of calm and creativity rather than that shutdown mode that we get into when we just do fight, flight, or freeze when our amygdala is triggered. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess that's, that, that'll be, you know, one of my last questions here as we kind of uh, look to, to wrap things up here. What do you say to people? Because, you know, you've talked about crystals and you've talked about Mm -hmm. symbols and you've talked (laughs) about uh, zodiacs and all that kind of good stuff, right? What do you say to people when they say, yeah, this is just some new age, hippy dippy hooey? (laughs) What do you say to those people? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love answering this question because I have a quote in my book that talks about the selectively data driven executive. And... There's so much data out there that supports that connecting human beings in the workplace in a healthy competition and collaborative way is actually a win-win and increases your productivity and profitability. So I try to point to the data when that is brought to me. Also, as a leader, there's data out there that however you behave ripples out to your team 10 times over. So whatever energy you're portraying with your emotions and your behavior 
multiply that times 10 and how your team is going to behave out with their teams. Ripple, 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 ripple effect, right? Mm -hmm. So these soft skills are really where it's at. And if you do not work on these soft skills, not, I mean, first of all, it's amazing just personally. The personal growth you get is phenomenal. But if you don't, I really strongly feel that you're going to get left behind because individuals are going to want to work for people that have high EQ and SQ rather than organizations that do not. So that is my lengthy answer to <laughs> the naysayers. But really, the naysayers are just begging and pleading for ways that they can connect and be vulnerable themselves deep yeah. down. They just don't know how. And I just say, start with something small. The book has small stuff and it's fun and connecting. Nobody's going to fire you for asking someone to share what they're grateful for this week. I always say that. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Well, Amy, if you can believe it, we've been sitting here chatting about this for <laughs> about 45 minutes or so here. And uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I've, I've loved this conversation. It's been fantastic. Thank you for having it with me today. Yeah, thank you. I learned a lot today as well, just talking out loud with you. So thank you so much. No, I appreciate it. And uh, before we wrap up, is there anything that we didn't get a chance to discuss that you'd like to leave the listeners with before we go? I think that we already mentioned, you know, have the courage and be vulnerable but I think the biggest learning lesson from our conversation today that I hope we showed up for everyone is the theme that's coming to me intuitively is let's give ourselves permission to rest, to have moments of solitude, and to retreat in order to be in harmony with ourselves and the world. Let's try that, just that one piece, and see what happens. I love it. I, love it. I think that's going to be the, the episode title is uh, Give Yourself Permission to Create Magic at Work with Amy Lynn Durham. There you go. <laughs> so there we go. We just figured that part out. That saved me some work in the future. I appreciate that. <laughs> Perfect. I like that. <laughs> there you go. So, Amy, hopefully everybody's going out and uh, buying a copy of your book. Uh, and maybe they want you to come in and play corporate mystic for them. How can they get a hold of you and how can they find out more, you know, about what you do? Yeah. So if you want to be a magic maker in the workplace, just go to createmagicatwork.net.net. Okay. <laughs> Everything is there. And if you're interested in SQ21 and how you would rank on the 21 skills associated with spiritual intelligence, feel free to reach out to me. I do a quick 15 minute chat. And then I can shoot the assessment over to you and do a debrief. And you you can literally take it with you the rest of your life and work on the skills. And I know I mentioned it before, but I'd love a follow on LinkedIn for my weekly workplace message. I'd like for everyone to hear that inspiring um, each week, that inspiring message. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. And, and folks, uh, obviously, I'm going to have the links in the show notes. Uh, but what I love that the Damien has done is made it super simple for you to find her on social media. So as soon as you go to create magic at work.net, uh, she's got the little icons there for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those things. So when you click on that link, you'll be able to get connected with her on social media right there. So, uh, like I said, that, that link will be in the show notes and then you'll be able to get to her on social media very easy through there. Um, well, again, Amy, thank you for spending, uh, spending, uh, your day chatting with me about this. I really do appreciate it. 
Yeah. Thank you for having me on your podcast, Earl. I hope we brought some magic to your listeners. Oh, I don't see how we couldn't have. That was a great conversation. <laughs> so, uh, And listeners, you know, thank you for uh, spending time with us. We really appreciate uh, you. And and like I said, uh, take some time and go check out what Amy's doing. Connect with her on social media. Uh, Check out those weekly messages on LinkedIn. Uh, Check out her videos on YouTube. Um, And, uh, you know, thank you for listening and, uh, you know, doing all the great work you do with helping me grow this podcast. I really appreciate you all doing the reviews, sharing the show, and helping this thing grow so messages like Amy's can get spread further and reach more people. Uh, If you want to reach out to me, burden.command at gmail.com. Any ideas for guests you'd like to hear me interview, any stories you'd like to to share, anything, uh, burden.command at gmail.com. With that, thank you again for your time that you spent with Amy uh, and myself, and I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back Podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric Ash.